From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And I'm Katie. This is the best, best beer show on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's And it's not strap into your mash ton. It's... It is strap. Well, I mean, hold on to your mash. Just hold on to your mash tons. Yeah, hold on to your mash tons. We're homebrew bound. I was very proud when I came up with that copy. By the way, I love it. I think it's great, dude. It's served you well. So it's it's been great. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts to homebrew shops, like tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the for a link above our homepage and join today. I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, and Hop and Barrel Brewing. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today. Also, uh, we have a store link now, so head over to blindestudios.com, click on store at the top of the page, or go to teespring.com slash store slash blindestudios, and find some delightful merch, including the pullover hoodie that nobody can get for some reason. Uh, and oh, it's so rare. It's it's super rare and rare and fantastic. Bourbon barrel aged hoodie. It's so <laughs> rare that I can't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sad. Actually, no, right? I, the, when you when you talked about that last episode, I was gonna ask if there was like some sort of like host discount, but you nope. know, if you can't even get a hoodie. No, but I mean, <laughs> host discount. Actually, I can get us stuff for cost. So just if there's some shit you want, just mm-hmm. let me know. Um, but yeah. Uh, so do that, uh, and you can find some awesome stuff, and our banana shirt is still coming, I promise. Uh, but again, he did literally fall down the stairs. I wish that was a bit. Yeah. I really do. The, uh, what is it, definitely wearing pants? Sweatpants? The definitely wearing pants pants. I'm probably going to have to get some of those. Uh, They're so good. Yeah. And it's, it's such a dumb joke that we came up with seven years ago. (laughs) I don't even know what you're talking about, but I think it's great. Uh, it's it's uh, it's in our intro for uh, Department of Defense. Oh, okay. Like they're okay. definitely wearing pants. That's uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> All, All right. right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're gonna do a little something different today, and we're gonna kind of dive right into our discussion topic because we ran long on time, and it's all Justin's fault. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least I'm blaming it on Justin. You guys cool with that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with that. All right. Cool. He's yeah. not right. here. Awesome. Exactly. Although I, I'm feeling a little like off off center now. That oh, we're I mean, we, we beer related. Can you just say beer related? All right. Uh, yeah. So beer related things uh, that we've done since last week is uh, Ryan went out and got us a bunch more beers. Yeah. From the fridge. Yes. From the fridge. Yep. yep. Okay. Also, uh, we have some really cool <laughs> stickers on the fridge from the store. They're massive. They're so big. They're like six inches. <laughs> I didn't. Did you not see them? No. They're on the they're on the freezer. I so, saw the Havoc Mead one. Oh yeah, the, well, so the Havoc Mead one is low. Uh, I'll show you later. All right. Uh, anyway, so uh, today we're we're continuing our discussion on the new IPA book, uh, Scientific Guide to Hop Aroma and Flavor, which got, I which has been getting shoutouts on the Hop and Barrel Happy Hour as well. Uh, the past two. Uh, to have, or at least the uh, last week's episode well, uh, when I you guys mean, talked about Hayes. Honestly, like uh, Katie and I talk about this book, f- f- have talked about this book several times at work as it re- as it relates to beers that we're uh, mm-hmm. currently making. So yeah, yeah, for sure. 
There's been some mind blowing shit in this uh, beer. Yeah. yeah. So I. Yeah. Actually, I mean, well, I mean, I guess, book. I guess. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, the 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 beer that we that we brew at Hop that I have kind of you know it's it's our it's Hudson it's called Hudson Haze Hazy IPA, and um, I'm hoping as a result that I mean I think this book has actually been great because I was talking about we were I was talking to the taproom manager about numbers of you know best selling beers and since we've opened since this beer has been in production it hasn't quite ever gotten into the top five often and now it's our second best selling beer oh, wow. in the taproom and you know there's a number of reasons for that I, you know well there was for whatever, the Minnesota explosion and for there, whatever yeah. reason they're infinitely yeah. two to one more popular in Minneapolis than they are in our neck of the woods. Yep, yes. yep, and that and that can, exactly. You know, it's it's I don't they're, know they're, you know, that could be part of it. And I'm, you know, it's I'm not I'm not saying any of our beers have gotten worse, but it's it. But number one right now is Minnesconsin, our Hellas Lager, which is it makes sense that that's number yeah. one. Number two went from whatever it was to to Hudson Hayes. So I'm hoping that the the changes that we've been making as a brewing staff. Basically, based on this book, has really uh, improved that beer. I would 100% agree with that. Well, uh, you guys will be happy to know we are working on getting Scott Janish on for after we're done with this book. So we are. We cool. are. Nice. Nice. Very exciting. Yeah. If if he actually will come on, and I think he will, because that's, why wouldn't he? That's we were talking about people. We had a guest in for one of the shows previous to this, and he was like, "I'm very nervous," and I'm like, "Don't be." I think that might cause me a. a a little bit of nervousness. Twenty or thirty seconds of nervousness. Yeah, he's right. gonna have a lot more knowledge about brewing. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited to get that one in. Uh, we'll let you, the listeners know when it'll be, but I'll definitely mm-hmm. let you guys know when it'll be. Thanks. Um, so you guys can have, have your <laughs> not, have, not three hours before the show. Not not three hours okay. before. No, good, no, good, definitely good. not. So you guys can have your questions ready because okay. I feel like you guys will have a lot more questions than I will. Yep. Um, but. Uh, until then, we are talking about what causes haze, chapter thirteen out of uh, fifteen. So mm-hmm. we have two chapters left after this one. Uh, what causes haze in our beer? Um, and this is a complicated question, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, it's it's something that we've spent so long as brewers to get away from this this thing, and so everything we know up to this point is how to get rid of haze. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want this. Go away. Yep. You want your beer brilliantly clear as the yep. BJCP guidelines. I'm still it. okay with that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, well, and then we have an entire other uh, discussion that we could have on yes. what brewers want versus what people want. Yep. But yep. Um, so the the first thing that we're going to talk about here is fermentation dry hopping. So. Um, Protein content can de- decrease during fermentation, likely degraded uh, protolactically uh, by yeast or precipitating out with yeast slurry. So dry hopping early in the fermentation can result in more haze via protein and polyphenol interactions. So basically what we're saying here is uh, when when we're like doing these early dry hops, like especially like when we're looking at the biotransform, we're, we're causing these proteins to bind with polyphenols, and they're not going to drop out of solution mm-hmm. as readily. Right, after the proteolytic breakdown. Yep. yep. Or the proteolytic activity, I guess, is a better way to look at it. But it's just basically, it's proteins are degraded, leading to smaller proteins, and these are more likely to remain in suspension. Well, and they're, they're going to bind with the polyphenols. Available yep. to 
bind with them. Yep. Yeah, and so like the earlier the earlier we pitch hops in, like the like right there we're adding more um, yeast in or uh, haze in, and so mm-hmm. um, part of that which is super interesting to me. So we were talking about the enzymes uh, last episode with Bjorn, and I'm curious what like if you could achieve biotransformation post fermentation by adding the enzymes along with your dry hop, and not end up with the haze. Wow, maybe. I I don't I don't. If you're I, trying, was, trying to mimic the bio. Yeah, trying trying to mimic those biotransformation flavors that you get. Yeah. But without the haze. Possible. I don't. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, because pro- possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I like that was the. Yeah, I wasn't expecting an answer, guys. I'm sorry. That was just a oh, was it? Thought, <laughs> that, <laughs> a thought that I had. Like one of those hypothetical questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Just okay. it was it was a thing that sure. popped in my head while we were talking about that. I'm like, Good, oh wait, because I was like, ah. <laughs> No, why don't you guys know the answer? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so dry hopping early into fermentation, uh, when the pH is still high, like uh, brew day dry hopping, may also significantly increase haze because the lower the pH, the less haze uh, will form uh, protein and polyphenol reactions. Mm-hmm. I I have not I have not gone uh, so far as to dry hop on brew day because I still have this concern that you start adding hops. On the cool side, so you know you've 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 decreased the temperature of that beer from you know essentially boil temperatures mm-hmm. to um, you know we, we ferment our hazy IPA at sixty four degrees Fahrenheit, and then throwing hops in there, I I I worry about vegetal matter happening because that yeah. beer is those hops are going to be sitting in that beer at that temperature essentially for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, and I so mean, you guys you guys don't really do any high croissant hopping though either, right? Uh, I try to get as close to high croissant as, as possible. As close as possible and like without without the beer exploding in my yeah, face. But so but how 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 different is high croissant hopping versus brewday hopping like cuz you're still looking like high croissant happens within I don't a, think that at our size of, you're getting a high croissant as or as quickly as the homebrew side? Home okay. side. I would say high croissant on our system happens day three or four after pitching yeah. the yeast. Okay. And I I know there's, there's a from lot experience for, that yeah, if you were to if I were to if I were to pitch even, you know, say um twenty five percent of the dry hops that I want to use in that in that beer, if I were to Put put those in on day three. They would ex- just blow, explode. It would come up fermenter. at your face so fast yeah. in that fermenter, and yeah. you're and you're up, uh, you know how many how many feet in the air on a ladder? Yeah, no, no, it's not. Yeah. In, in my limited experience yeah. watching Brian Brian dry hop that one time when you were gone, yeah. uh, Brian almost got knocked off the ladder by the thing. So yeah, yeah, it seemed yeah, terrifying. It, it comes up quick, it's and then the, yeah. one of the other times, I I was like, okay, don't be a noob, don't drop the gasket into the beer. <laughs> And he <laughs> totally dropped. It's, it's so funny because four I, inch gasket. We, <laughs> we were cleaning out the fermenter, and all of a sudden, I look in the drain, and I was like, "Oh, there's that." Gasket. There it is. <laughs> I forgot about it. Like it. it's not like we marked the tank. Be like gasket in here. I have dry know? hopped. Yeah. Probably not as many tanks as you at this by this. Maybe point, yeah. But many yeah, many. Yeah. No, I find with with dry hopping on a on a commercial level, um, there is a point of active fermentation. And, and it's after really active fermentation where it just starts to sort of wind down that I think is optimal for your first dry hop addition. Mm. Um, for us, 
with our ale yeast that we use, it's it's about day five. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So higher ABV hoppy beers may also be hazier because ethanol has been shown to decrease precipitation of proteins and polyphenols. Uh, this is this is really interesting, at least for me, uh, because you like looking at I guess commercial like hazy beers. Mm-hmm. You don't really see like a hazy pale ale or anything, and this explains that because. The higher the alcohol, the more haze you're mm-hmm. going to get, which is why you're like your hazy double IPAs mm-hmm. ha- hold that like orange juice look a lot better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, what, but it's oh. funny about that is that you know I also associate good foam retention with hazy beers, and the higher the alcohol a beer has, the lower the, the lower, lower that's going to be just, yeah, right? just so in general. Yeah, there's got to be a there, there's like a a threshold or a plateau of that where it's like you know. Helpful, helpful. Nope, that, you know, not helpful. All right. Um, all right. So because of the higher uh, – Brian, you want to take this one for me? Because there's a lot of words in here that I'm just going to mangle. Yes. Uh, so let's see, here we're on what, number, number four, four there. So yeah. because of higher proteolytic activity in malt, uh, we're talking about breakdown of proteins during malting. Proteins are degraded, and that leads to smaller proteins, which I think I said this before, but these – Smaller proteins are now more likely to bind uh, to the polyphenols to form this haze that we're all looking for. So uh, your malted grains can increase a protein and polyphenol interaction, and unmalted uh, ingredient can reduce this interaction, which is interesting because you would you would think that these unmalted things would give you more haze. Yeah. But in fact, this is is reducing that polyphenol interaction. So yeah, so it's saying like flaked flaked adjuncts like flaked mm-hmm. oats, flaked barley, flaked wheat, which you would you know kind of beef up the body that I think yeah. hazy IPAs look for. What was the might an- not necessarily necessarily be beneficial. What was the anecdotal where the, there was like an oat grist? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I'm actually looking that up in here. Experiment on haze and malted grains is in this book. Um, I'm trying to find it. It's also important to remember that when 20% of the barley is replaced with oats, there's 30% reduction in polyphenols, which should also play a role in increasing Mm -hmm. clarity. Lastly, I used 18% malted wheat in this experiment, as it was found that when wheat malt is more than 50% of the grist, it can reduce haze levels. Lower amounts can increase haze. Mm -hmm. Um, So this recipe is 65% two-row, 17% Bob's Red uh, Mill oat flour, and 18% malted red wheat malt. Um, and this is to use adjuncts to create a clear IPA. Got it. Okay. Um, using using things that would, uh, you what, like, I mean, if you add flour into a thing, you're immediately thinking haze. Mm-hmm. If you're adding wheat into a thing, you're immediately thinking haze. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that a lot of the haze comes from the malted barley. Yeah, and that's one thing that I've I've done with the, the shifting in this, is ha- this Hudson haze that we do is... Um, we had flaked, flaked oats and I, I, um, substituted not all of it, but some of it with, uh, oat malt. Cause that's a, you know, it's, it's a, malted a malted oat. grain. Yeah. And using torrified wheat, which is more malted than yep. flaked. Um, the other, the, 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 the final malt change that I want to make to this beer is we do have some flaked barley in there too. Cause with these adjunct beers that we, we brew, we like to kind of not just stick with one flaked we, we kind of layer them a little, but we've got some flaked barley in this beer, and I want to uh, substitute with, with some chit malt, 
or okay. increase it, yeah. incre- increase the dextrin in there because that's again it's it's malted. Well, and, and I guess chip malt is a perfect uh, example of this because like the reason we use chip malt is because it's so high in proteins. Yep. Right, and like and they're malted proteins, so they cause haze. Mm-hmm. Like it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean chip malt is and Brian, you've been you've been um Brian loves talking chip malt. about it for a long time. He loves chip malt and DRC. And you're like finally. I like lots of stuff that that nobody listens <laughs> to <laughs> about and then later on and then they like 18 they, later. they implement it and then yeah. take credit for it. This happens yeah. to me <laughs> over and over <laughs> and that's fine. So, but fine. but I I one of the things I've I've read recently about about chip malt is it actually helps with shelf stability. Oh, really? Yep, and um, I mean that's the one. That's the hard. That's a, a difficult thing with hazy IP, hazy beers. Is that, you know, like we have our tap room people now going in and jostling kegs, because all of those proteins that settle out in beer that we all know as brewers do, they've got to be lifted up in suspension. That's our. That's our and next apparently, chapter. Oh, sorry. No, 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 you're good. I'm just. Apparently, I was. I got uh, very excited. That's the next chapter these, is put, uh, the, put the label on the can upside down. Oh no, stability. Oh okay. Uh, chit, chit, <laughs> chit malt will actually, you know, kind of help with with that with health sh- uh, shelf stability of these hazy beers. Very cool. Uh, yeah, no, I just like I, w- I was blown away because uh, when or at least here's here's the anecdote I want or the anecdote that I wanted to share was when these hazy beers started first coming onto the scene, like Treehouse opened and. Uh, Trillium and like these places from out east and we started seeing these New England IPAs homebrewers were trying to figure out how to replicate them Mm -hmm. and for the most part it was well why don't we just toss like handfuls of flour into things and turns out that's not that doesn't work mm-hmm. like that that's yeah. not what it's, you're supposed mm-hmm. to do and it doesn't create like those juicy flavors mm-hmm. and like that that orange juice haze that you're mm-hmm. looking for yeah yeah i mean the, the, this the amazing and this this maybe isn't quite where we're going but i feel like hazy ipas you'd think that they this is a beer that would just be really easy to to uh-uh. brew like no. oh we've got a it's you just all you have to do is make a beer that doesn't Clarify. What did we learn? It's one of the most complex styles. I think that I think it's easier to brew a pilsner. I I I agree. Yeah, like because you're looking at a single malt. Yeah, (laughs) you know, and and, you know, when I was when I worked at the homebrew shop, it was you know like oh don't don't start with pilsners because you can't there's nothing to hide behind as far as off flavors go, and that still holds true, but as a more experienced homebrewer, you can. Um. Killing a pilsner is way easier than killing yeah, a haze. Yeah, you can you can accomplish brewing a pilsner a lot easier, and I, it's just it's yeah it's crazy. yeah just like the the more we learn the less we know or the what the less we or the more we learn that we don't know anything like I guess is yeah where we're at here. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Brian, did you have anything else you wanted to say on this topic? All, all literally all I had to say was yeah this is there isn't one. <sighs> solution or one technique no from from what we've learned uh from this book mm-hmm. and you know yeah this the entirety of this book is like how to make a hazy beer but there is so much other information leading up to these i'm looking at a list of like six things here that it's like this is why you are reading this book here are the six things 
but like the whole entirety of, of the earlier parts of the book are leading up to this. And, and it has some extremely important information about making beer just in general. Well, mm-hmm. and it's it's changed how I make other beers. Hoppy IPA. Absolutely. Specifically, yeah. but, but... Well, no, no, but not even just Hoppy IPA. Like, it's changed how I made, like, other my bitter. It's beers, changed, period. like... Yes. I don't know, like, I, you had the bitter earlier. It's one yeah. of the better bitters I think I've ever yeah. made. Like, this, yeah. this book is fucking meta. Yep. It's yeah. crazy, so... Yep. All right. Um, all right. So the breakdown of storage proteins into amino acids during the malting process increased the chance for haze because these new amino acids are capable of binding to polyphenols, which is kind of what we talked about with uh, malted grains. Um, and then the final thing we want to talk about is uh, polyphenol. So in general, hops high in alpha acids are lower in total polyphenol content. Likewise, hops and low alpha acids generally higher in total polyphenol content which makes sense when you start looking at the hops that we, well it makes sense and it doesn't make sense because we use uh in in the book there's a there's a chart of hop variety with polyphenol percentage and alpha acid percentage you can kind of see um but like if you start thinking about the hops that we use in hazy ipas all of them are also high in alpha acids which means they're lower in polyphenols which think, would make them less uh, in, in, hazy. You know, the, the the hops that we do use in these hazy beers, I mean, I think this is part of why for me that I, I think, uh, like, all these hoppy beer, all these hoppy hazy IPAs all taste the same to me. I mean, there, yeah. there are some subtle... How dare you say that Julius <laughs> tastes like green? They all taste the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and again, you know... Uh, a, a great example is uh, is my trip to, to Raleigh that I took that I, I talked about last episode. Um, the, the the beer scene out there is great. You know, somebody asked me what was your favorite beer. The, the sour was the one that stood out. All of the West Coast IPAs, which was the style that I drank most of, were great. But they, they kind all of blend kind together. Of, they all kind. I mean, they're they're they were well brewed, yep. but you know, and, and hazy IPA is the same thing. Uh, you know, a craft lager, it's the same thing. They all kind of I, taste the same. Yeah. Um, I, I see what you guys are saying. Like, as you taste these, like they're hard to pull out a distinct one. Yeah. In in the lineup, like yeah. you have to do something drastically different to. And stand you know out. what 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 Brian noted with this book is, I think the idea with this book that I went into as a brewer is I just want to make an, a hazy IPA that's that can be put into that that group into that group yes and that's fine yep and if you're a home brewer and you just want to make an ipa that or a hazy ipa that stands up to other hazy ipas this is definitely the book to read yeah well yeah because i mean there's um, unless you're going outside of style like your beer is gonna taste like a beer in that style there's nothing wrong with this i'm staring over here at your shelf behind you and there's a book that says in very large letters clone brews like yep. there's fucking nothing wrong with making yep. your own riff on a clone yeah. brew or just making a clone brew because it's not going to taste the same. No, no, because you know your I water mean, profile relatively is speaking, it'll yeah. taste yeah. the yeah. same, but it's not going to taste exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah, we've definitely hit a a, a a a point in brewing beer that we're not tasting anything necessarily new and different. It's just a uh, not a copy, but a you know. A, a, a relative of something else that we've already yeah. tasted. Yeah. Which isn't bad. No, it's not a bad thing at all. Well. Yeah. 
Uh, no, and like I, I like looking at this as a way to like what we're talking about what's causing haze. So now that we know what's causing haze, when you're trying to make clear beer, you can take this and you 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 know these things and start yeah. to do some yeah. of the opposite things. Yep. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I don't, it, it makes it really interesting. Uh, so that's that's our discussion on that. We're gonna dive into some listener mail. We have we have some good ones. Really good ones. Um, we're gonna start with James uh, from Patreon. Uh, hello, peoples. Firstly, thank for be- thanks uh, for being awesome and telling us all of the things. I am <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in making a beer that utilizes uh, Ruibos. Mm-hmm. Is, is that how you say that? Yeah, Ruibos tea. Uh, it's a red tea. Yeah. Um, Out of and Africa. I am looking for any wisdom y'all may have to offer. Uh, I would like to incorporate Ruibos tea to a more neutral style, such as a Kolsch, mm-hmm. uh, to let the tea shine with a non-combative beer character. Mm-hmm. My biggest considerations are. How can I balance malt tea flavor while still retaining a true to style malt body? Uh, what time temp would you consider adding the tea and why? Uh, to what extent can tea additions affect uh, personal or perceived bitterness? And how can I plan uh, my hop additions for this? What else should be considered? Thanks. That's a lot. I have unpack. I have some uh, immediate observations. Okay, yeah. Go, uh, go, so go, go I, one I, by one, though. Yep. What was the first right, thing? So the first thing um, is, uh, how can I balance malt tea flavor whilst retaining true uh, to malt style body um, with a tea because of the tannins you're going to get? I want to say mash higher mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you're going to get a perceived dryness from the tannins, so you want some of that oh, malt yeah, yeah, to yeah. be there. Good call. Um, I feel like t- we talked about this last week. Uh, maybe. Or no, we talked about... Actually, it's not that uh, we We were about just it. out having beers and We, we were out at this. Pitchfork, who's been doing a lot of tea infusions lately, That's and we've why. been talking about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and what time temp would you consider adding the tea, and why I would add it post-fermentation. Post-ferm, yeah. And I would make a strong tea and back mm-hmm. fill it. Do it to taste, and yep. u- use the scale-up method, so mm-hmm. grab five ounces and put in one ounce or something. Yep. You know what I mean? Another, another option that I was thinking is... Is as you're chilling the wort, I mean, you know, if you're if you were to just make tea and have mm-hmm. a cup of tea, you boil boil the water, you put tea in a cup, you pour hot water over it. So I'm gonna assume I'm gonna assume that 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 water is probably or that tea is probably steeping in like 190 degree Fahrenheit water. So when you get when your when your wort that you're chilling gets to be about that point, throw the tea in. My only worry about that is you don't have any control over how much tea is being added to the wort then. Mm. Well, I would add, you would end up at probably adding a little bit more, but I mean, you could dose that. Well, I mean, you you could, I'm, but like then you're in more of a trial and error thing because you can't go back and reheat the tea at a certain point, right? Like, yeah. Um, if you're if you're doing it post uh, post fermentation and you're adding it at like adding the tea tincture back in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you get a lot more control over that. Yeah, flavor. you can be like, oh, I'm not going to add any more. I'm going to add less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I think I think my point um, it really comes down to you do not want to be adding this tea like. Anywhere, anywhere above, near the boil. Anywhere near the boil, because then you're going to get those tannin flavors yep. that you talked about, which is is not great. So, well, yeah. you're going to get tannins with tea no matter what, because that's part of tea, isn't it? Is sure. the tannic sure. flavor? Yeah, um, I, w- I would say so. Yeah, I am. I, I'm not a tea drinker. I'm a coffee th- drinker. There's I don't a reason want... why you, you well, you, not you, a person would yeah. put milk, honey, uh, mm-hmm. sh- you know, sugar into their tea, which I, I personally don't, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, you know, so you want to kind of cover those or balance those, I guess, is a better option. Yeah. You know, I, I recently had 
what was the name of the, I don't know, Jenny brought home, what, Hoplark? Remember, was, were you there when I was I was drinking that? It was like a chamomile with, mm-hmm. with citra hops, and then I had a green tea with mosaic. No, I wasn't. Dang it. You yeah. weren't there that day. You yeah. must not have been there that I day. Have, speaking but. of, I, I have brewed with, with chamomile, and chamomile is a little bit different than this uh, Rojo Buzz because that's a red, it's more tannic tea in and of itself. Okay. But um, I threw the chamomile at flame, like basically flame out. And I seem to have a pretty good result of that. Oh, I nice. did a, okay. a wit beer with some chamomile. Oh. And it's, uh, you know, the character came through. It wasn't tannic, but again, it's chamomile versus... Um, oh, one that's mm-hmm. known to be tannic. Mm-hmm. So if, if, you were, if you were brewing with this, like, what would you do with the hop additions to try to balance some of that, like, tannic bitterness? I would keep them low. You like, kind of go on the low side with it? Yeah, and, yeah. Keep those, I mean, you know, yeah, keep... keep Keep your bitter, bitter, and any extra. If it, well, keep your bitterness addition on the low side of the of the profile of the beer you're brewing, and um, if you're adding later addition hops, like you know, flame out or ten minutes to flame out or whatever, um, find find a hop that's going to accentuate the flavor of that tea. Um, so lemon, maybe. I don't know. Think. Yeah. Know, well, what do you think of when you orange? Maybe you know, like well, I, you know, citrusy. So I, I, I'm so bad at this because I'm not a tea drinker at all. Like I don't. I, uh, I yeah. call it a black coffee. Like is my thing. You drink a shitload yeah. of tea at the house. Yeah. I drink a lot of coffee too, but I when I'm done, I can't drink coffee past one, one or two in the afternoon. Uh, so and I like, I'm, to tea. I'm not allowed to drink tea on principle because I've made fun of too many Brits for drinking tea. So mm. I just, I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Here's Mr. British. Beer guy. Uh, yeah, no. Their beer is fucking awesome. Their no. tea can go suck a dick. I Shall think I that. <laughs> Casey. I think that. Um, I actually think that most hops out there would accentuate tea very well. Okay. I mean, because you're thinking maybe not necessarily, but even earthy ones. You know, earthy, floral, citrus. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was to, a part of the question. They're like, all which ones? Complement. Find hops something well. complementary. Yeah. It's just like, gonna. It's just a matter of what you're looking for. You could make a hop tea and then oh, make yeah. tea and then put them well, we, we, together. Well, we've talked about mm-hmm. making like malt teas and stuff. Like we've talked about making teas out of ingredients. In fact, you can listen to an entire episode where Rick and I basically made malt teas out of the entire, I think it was the Brees uh, caramel line. Um, and like we made malt teas or like basically mini mashes. Yeah. Like we're all making tea when we brew. Like like if you break it down, like true. Um, yeah. Uh, what else should be considered besides like the things that we've talked about? Any other? Man, did we didn't forget anything? Did we? I can't. I don't think, I think so. I I know uh, from just drinking this this red tea that you're you're wanting to use. Um, it it's. A little goes a long way with that tea. So, would would you recommend something other than a Kolsch for this? Because no, like, I actually kind of like it. The Kolsch, it, it okay, could really well, could really accentuate that. It's canary enough to that tea. To let that really come sh- yeah. let, let it come shine. On. Okay, yeah. and yeah. and it. I mean, a Kolsch is, you know, it's and it's, fl- it's it's floral fruity. It's a hard mm-hmm. hard. I don't know if I want to say this out loud, but it's like it's it's a neutral enough. Mm-hmm. Beer where you're not like, oh, that Kolsch, like the, the there wasn't enough lager yeast character. And it's like, well, it's supposed to be made with like a sort of a hybrid, higher temp ale kind of thing. Um, I think that's a great, a great yeah. one to try it out on. Yeah. 
All yeah, right. I think so too. All right. Well, James, I hope that I hope that answered your questions there. Uh, we have another one here, uh, but actually, before we get into this one, Brian, will you uh, talk about the one from Scott? Oh yeah. So Scott M. Oh, gosh, I'm gonna butcher it. Ruch, Ruch, R U C H, uh, who is is a big time listener and math teacher. <laughs> uh, this is pretty short. I'll, I'll, I'll rattle this off, so I'll, I'll read it. Uh, he just said, on my way to school today, because he's a teacher, I came across your podcast from November 3rd on Hop Creep. So this is all another part of this new IPA book we're working on. I've listened to a few of your other podcasts on Scott's book as well. Let me clarify. I've listened to other podcasts of yours, but I've zeroed in on these specifically. So a week ago, I popped a bottle of my red IPA after a week in conditioning. So three to four days, around 68 to kickstart the bottle carb process. Uh, running forward here, he had bottle bombs. Uh, once again, you know, bottle bomb, bottle bomb. Uh, he had a kick-ass Blondale that he just brewed, more geysers. Now he's freaking out. He's he's flipping pissed. Is uh, how he put it in his words. He's sanitized, he's measured, pissed. weighed, priming sugar, checked the gravities, uh, and this is my favorite part. Well, wouldn't you fucking know? Hop creep. So. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't heard of it before, but it happened to him. So after reading up on biotransformation and other dry hopping techniques, he started to practice them. Who knew that hops had enzyme that, enzymes that break down unfermentable sugars? And once again, yeah. the last four batches that he's done, he's practiced things he has not done before, which points most definitely to hop creep. So this is our another argument, and I'm pointing at you, Katie, to change one thing at a time, and then yeah. you'll understand, like, why did this happen? What the hell? Okay, yeah. well, this is going to be why. So I've been going crazy trying to figure out what was happening, and thanks to your podcast, since I've not read Scott's book yet, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that my issue is hop creep. So he says, keep up the great work. Thanks to your podcast, my 40-minute drive to and from work teaching middle school math is more manageable. And disclaimer, he didn't check for spelling. He's a fucking math teacher. So, <laughs> cheers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the other thing, yeah. the other thing about hops is they also contain fermentable sugars yeah. Yeah. in their veg vegetal matter. You know, it's yeah. just it's just crazy. Oh, book, it's uh, yeah, it's a, a thing let I let me tell you. A thing you I something. didn't get to mention though is is that whole like you don't want only like flame out, you want flavor hops because it's so one dimensional without mm -hmm. this vegetal matter. But if you are putting in there, you're running this mm -hmm. gamut, which gives us again that whole meta piece. Well, there. and we, we, we talked a little bit about that uh, last week when we talked about cryo hops. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, how we like we were getting one note results and yeah, whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, so. But yeah, no. Uh, so that one, I like. I really wanted to talk about that one because yeah, Scott, Scott, dude, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we we love we love hearing like. Many success stories like we that. It really kind of keeps us going. get a lot of negative feedback <laughs> and not a lot of positive feedback. And so when I read this today, I had a giant smile on my face. And mm -hmm. yeah, we were That's feeling great. good. We did a little snowshoeing and then had some beers at a bar and then came and did this. And yep. it was real nice. Thank you, Scott, man. Appreciate All right. It. Uh, so final one for today. Uh, Michael, uh, I just cracked open a few bottles of my most recent hazy based on uh, Good Word Never Sleep, a HH, uh, -A, a homebrewers association. <laughs> I can't I can't apparently make letters happen right now. H-B-A. That's right. That's what I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, 
You got it. Uh, well, it's the American home. It's, it's a HHA. New, a, new, a New England. We're, we're only three hours into the new day England, here. Uh, a New England yeah. IPA. Yeah, yeah anyway, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to give the recipe because, like, it's it's behind a paywall, so you guys got to pay for that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and they're a sponsor. I can't really undermine a sponsor. Uh, and some of them are fantastic, uh, but some of them are very and so, mediocre. And I'm sorry. So he's saying that some of the bottles that he opened. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, I bottle conditioned everything via trust a bottling bucket. Yeah. Uh, carbonation is consistent, and all bottles were stored at the same temperatures in the same location. But some of them have brilliant flavor and aroma, and some of them just don't have that sparkle or hoppiness. Mm-hmm. None taste bad, though. Uh, just some of them are just not as good. Any ideas what may be leading to my inconsistency here? Mm-hmm. I've never had variation within one batch like this before. P.S. Uh, Can we wait? Oh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, wait, uh, wait do this one, and then we'll do this yeah. other one. All right. So I, I am. I read this, and I, my, it's oxidation. Oxidation sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if especially if you're not having any carbonation differences in your beers, so it isn't like, uh, you know, you've got a bug in some of your bottles that's changing it. It's absolutely. Um, if you're getting, especially if you look, if you look at, you pour pour two bottles into a glass, and one of them has like a darker look to it. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the that's the the side of where you're just like they're just not as good. I wish we could name a specific episode number or name, but we we've we've talked about this talked a few times. Uh, well, uh, we, we had talked Space about it to, uh, Force that was yeah. today. We talked about this or yeah. no no last week we talked yeah. about the canning with the, the space. This bit, yeah. Space yeah. Force should be like a, a very golden yep. beer because yeah. it's base malt and caramel mm-hmm. ten. There's almost no color deviation. Yeah, there's a little caramunic in there too, but. Has added that? Why well, I, I didn't. <laughs> I'm Brian anyway. has. The <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that in the brewers meeting. I think tomorrow. we talked about this already, and I think I was wrong. And I, <laughs> when I wrote the recipe, I probably put that in there. But whatever, Maybe. who cares? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yes, there's going to be a color variation. Yeah. It was. A but, I mean, it's in golden, this glass right now. Yeah, it was like, like a, a more of a golden color, and then and then there's more orange. So yeah. yeah, but what's the PS on this one from Michael? Oh, the PS is his Minnesotan club. Yes, let's talk more about this, right, Michael. So when my, are you going to be sending that shit over yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about I read the <laughs> PS and then you can then you start yelling. Uh, my Minnesotan club, uh, lovingly referred to uh, in my house as Minnesota, ah, uh, yes. turned out fantastic, and I'm figuring out how to send you some for mm-hmm. your opinion on it. FedEx. I don't know uh, whether it tastes anything like it is supposed to, but it is far and away the best uh, lighter beer I've ever made. Cheers. Dude, that's awesome. I'm super excited to taste uh, this. Yes, uh, and we, we've, ta- we, we've, we've talked to Michael. He's sending us some. Oh, cool. great. Um, but I feel like, you know, on air, we should probably make some kind of pack to send him some in Wisconsin. I don't know. Oh, probably. we could probably do that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I send beer to people all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I, don't know. Um, I just need the address, no problem. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and Michael, I hope we answered your question. It's probably oxidation. Yeah, I think I think it is kind of what I mean, it is. It doesn't seem like well, o- oxidation will do all the things you're talking about. It's mm-hmm. going to yeah. degrade your hop character. It's mm-hmm. going to and make things taste very different quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. quickly. It's going to make. I, I, and, and he said he kind of said it perfectly. It's uh, uh, it just doesn't have that sparkle and hoppiness. And yeah. I, I think uh, oxidation just dulls beer. It really it just makes does. It taste dull. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, and with that, I think we are done for the evening. So, friends, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode and you got something out of it, because I know I probably (laughs) did. Uh, 
If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at mindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com. Follow us on Twitter at mindnewsstudios.com. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Take care.